Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer, and today a very special deadline edition of It's All Political featuring my friend John Diaz, the editorial page editor of the Chronicle. We break down perhaps the only debate between the two guys running for governor of California, Republican John Cox and Democrat Gavin Newsom. John Diaz and I breaking it down on It's All Political. All right. So what did we learn from the great radio debate? First of all, let's start out by your take on the fact that this was a radio debate. Go ahead. (laughs) You know, it's it's 1956 all over again, Joe. I mean, here we have a radio-only debate at 10 in the morning where instead of actually seeing these two candidates for office, we're just trying, we're forced to kind of visualize them. I felt like it was back in the 1960s when I was listening to a Giants game with <laughs> Russ Hodges and Lon Simmons. Or else the back where they weren't even at the ballpark and they had to recreate the sounds of the bat. <laughs> oh, it's headed to left field. I think that um, was Ronald Reagan. Actually, yes, the Reagan was doing that. Yes. Um, so, uh, so the, before we just talk about the meat of the debate, why, why does this happen? Because... Basically, there was a CNN debate that was scheduled, but then uh, Cox backed out of it. But but he has wanted five debates, and Newsom hasn't wanted it, correct? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Gavin Newsom had no intention. He, if he had his truthers, he would not debate at all. I, th- I think at least his strategists would, would say that. Yeah. Because he has a big lead in the polls, really nothing to lose. You look at the, the voter registration demographics of the state, it's a, Democrat, it's a Democrat's seat, basically. Right. John Cox claimed to want to have all these debates, but the one debate that they did have scheduled, he he ducked out. Which was weird. I, I still don't quite understand why he did that. You know, he was afraid that it would all be about national issues and, and, and he would be, you know, tagged as being a, uh, a, a puppet of Trump, which he was tagged with anyways today <laughs> in today's debate. All right. So what did you learn? What did we learn as voters from today's debate? Well, one thing I learned uh, in listening to this debate is that John Cox was very fortunate that he did not get what he wished for, and that was a series of debates with <laughs> Gavin Newsom. Uh, it was really, the difference between the two was really profound. Uh, Gavin Newsom's experience came through, his ability to articulate his positions came through, and, and frankly, his comfort with his positions. Time and again, John Cox was on the, on the defensive trying to defend Things he had said in the past, right? And and he was anytime the the conversation would steer towards every any kind of social issue or even any even whether it be abortion rights, gun rights, uh, climate change, uh, Cox would try and steer it back to the 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 issue that they essentially agreed on, which was affordability is the major. Uh, uh, crisis facing California today. Why it, was he doing that? Well, in fact, Joe, at one point when when Gavin Newsom was going chapter and verse on Cox's past statements about gun laws, basically saying that it were a waste of time, Cox's response was, I'm not running to change one iota. I am not. Now, yeah. w- what candidate gains by saying, if I'm elected, I'm not going to change anything on yeah, an see, issue I, that I, people I, care about? I read him to, to the one iota was about social issues, though. Uh, did right. you read that? As, yeah, about social right. issues, not about other stuff. But, oh, yeah, clearly. Yeah, but still, still saying that is, uh, he wants this to be a one-issue campaign. And, um, and he... 
Cox does have a an avenue to get at Newsom. And it's a decent one, I think, where he says, hey, Democrats own the state. The, the, the one out of every five people is living in poverty. Uh, the homeless uh, rate is skyrocketing. Uh, they broke it. They own it. The problem is he doesn't have a lot of ideas to fix it. Oh, absolutely. That's one issue. And you know the other problem, Joe? Gavin Newsom is lieutenant governor. <laughs> so he he really has had no power uh, over his uh, the last eight years to really do anything about these issues. Uh, so I, th- I, I agree with you. I think there are avenues to go after Gavin Newsom. Yeah. I mean, you and I have followed Gavin Newsom for a long time. Yeah. We know that one of one of his faults is that he has these grand ideas and great rhetoric, but the follow through is not always there. Certainly, John Cox could have gone after that. Could have gone after some specifics on his record. I almost got the sense that John Cox did not really prepare for this debate. Almost everything that he said, I've heard him say before. He was very he he was very vague not only about what his proposals were especially housing he talked a lot about housing being his number one issue then scott schaefer the moderator from kqed who i thought did a, a very good job very good job yes um uh, you know asked him well what are your specifics and he basically said you'll have to wait till i get elected well i don't think he's gonna get that chance joe <laughs> i that uh, gave me a chill because i was thinking of uh uh, Richard Nixon's secret plan to end the war that he didn't reveal until after the election, which didn't didn't work out too well. Um, there were there were you know there was Scott did a good job, but there were three issues that we didn't hear about. By my, I mean there were many issues didn't hear about. It was an hour long debate, kind of free flowing conversation more than a debate. We heard uh, no discussion of education, health care, or pension reform. Who does that help? That, I we, think, that, we, that we didn't hear about it. <laughs> well, I, I think Gavin Newsom benefited by not hearing about it. I think in each of those three issues, John Cox, if he had done his homework, if he'd really had some, some points to make, uh, could have gotten some headway on Gavin Newsom. Right. I mean, on unfunded liabilities, certainly that's a good issue for Republicans. Uh, education, Newsom has basically uh, uh, put in his lot with the California Teachers Association. Mm-hmm. I think there's points he could have uh, used there. Um, and in healthcare, you know, Gavin Newsom basically saying, I'm for a single payer. Where's the money going to come from? I think um, all three of those issues could have been ones where John Cox might have gotten points. But if I looked at his, how he did on other issues, he just really was not on game. He was not ready for no, prime time. And, and the thing is that he could, it would all be the same line of attack. Newsom you're a Democrat, the Democrats own the state, you haven't done anything on these three issues, or you've, you've done things, but the state, you know, the education system, the public education system, still low-ranked nationally. Uh, where are we on health care? We're sort of in a middle ground. We are not, not uh, certainly, how are you going to pay for these reforms of single-payer that you're promising, and pension reform, as you said. What, um, what else did we need to hear about as voters? that we didn't hear today. Well, I think all those are, are, are really good issues that, that, and, and I, I also think there's, there's a lot of things stirring out there, not just in Washington with things like sexual misconduct, but obviously there was a scandal in the Capitol. Um, that did not, it only came up in a very perfunctory way at the, the end. I think that's going to be a front and central issue. Um, another thing is, is just policy after policy, um, the the California is really 
cast itself as the resistance and has been suing the Trump administration. I think it would have been interesting to see where, if any, uh, John Cox would have sued the Trump administration. Or not. I mean, not. Where, where would he have, where would he have uh, differed on that? Uh, he, uh, you know, the, one of the reasons that I know you have editorialized on this is uh, if there was going to be a national debate by a uh, national moderator, uh, the downside to that for Californians is that, is that uh, Newsom would have been able to sort of nationalize the conversation and just talk about Trump and, uh, and things, you know, and, and tie, uh, and tie news or tie uh, Cox as a, as a puppet of uh, Trump. So, but, but there was some mention of that as we alluded to earlier today. And we talked, they talked about immigration. Um, he tried to pin Cox as being someone who would be, I don't know if it was Scott, uh, Schaefer or Newsom as being someone who would go after employers. Did you catch that? Was that, yeah, there was a question. There? Yeah, there was a question. I, and I've, forget whether it was Newsom or, or Scott who brought it up, where apparently there was some past statement uh, by John Cox about he would go after the CEOs who hired uh, uh, people who were here undocumented. Um, that really didn't go to go very far in terms of, right. uh, of an issue. But the, again, immigration was a good example of where John Cox came in and tried to put Gavin Newsom on the defensive. And Newsom was almost immediately on the offensive, talking about the wall as a 6th century uh, solution to a 21st right. century problem. He talked about Sanctuary City. Obviously, he did not mind going there one bit. No, and that was, a, that was a, when I heard that question, it came in from a listener from um, Los Banos, I think, and, and she asked about um, how do they resolve the issues of, uh, of Sanctuary Cities to take care of, as she said, illegal aliens. And I was like, okay, this is on the T for Cox. But he... he, he um, he said, if, if someone's here illegally and engage in criminal activity, it's up to our public officials to kick them out, which is not a position that, that really anybody disagrees with. I mean, that's, that's a criminal activity position. That's not even a sanctuary city thing. Um, so he, and he kind of, he kind of backed off, you know, cause, uh, the, the, what the sort of standard Republican line is. Did you, did you take that? Did you take that? Yeah, because he, the Republicans love this question. They, they, they try and rally their base around this, around the, the state, but Cox didn't really go there. That's an excellent point, Joe, because if you look at the primary, particularly when uh, Cox was trying to position himself against Travis Allen, mm -hmm. he was much more doctrinaire and much more hardline on uh, illegal immigration than he was today. Um, it clearly, I don't know if it's because he's in San Francisco or he's read the polls. It wasn't something that he was really, you know, um, we didn't hear about Kate Steinle. We didn't hear about no. other crimes that were almost like a staple during the primary. Right. I mean, I think that came up in the Chronicle debate that you uh, moderated here. Um, uh, they also talked about climate change. Uh, California is, has positioned itself as sort of a national leader in this. Newsom said it's our, did he say it's our foreign policy? Yes, uh, I, which was, was a new that was a new riff on that. that <laughs> I hadn't heard that before. We have our own foreign policy. Of course, we know some cities have their own foreign policy. San, Berkeley, Francis San Francisco has a lot of foreign policies, <laughs> Joe, as we know. But um, even there, that's another example of, of Cox kind of backing down his um, previous positions on that. Um, um, I was surprised. I did a story comparing their environmental policies a, a few weeks ago, and Cox said, "Well, previously he had said." Well, I'm not a um, I'm not a climatologist, or I forget what he says. I don't you know I don't know if uh, 
you know, man, humans contributed to uh, climate change. But now he's kind of like saying, well, I'm, I've read more about it. I'm, I'm kind of there now. So he kind of soft-pedaled that. And he said, well, these are all nice goals that the state has uh, in terms of wanting to reduce uh, climate em er, emissions. Um, but, you know, we shouldn't do that in the backs of the poor, which is a, which is a decent uh, riff. Um, but he didn't, it didn't seem like there's a lot of uh, oomph behind it or, uh, or stats or it's anything. It's a really difficult issue to attenuate on because if you really do accept the science that, that the climate is changing and that it's a really existential threat to the, the planet, as mm -hmm. the United Nations did just with a new report that shows we basically have 11 years to, uh, uh, to avoid really cataclysmic uh, uh, change, um, it's, if you really believe that, then you can't say, well, we can't do it because electricity prices will go up too much or gas prices will go up too much. Some, by the way, that's a very debatable as to what, right. what kind of impact it would have. And, and just the whole idea of you know, making the argument, <laughs> you kind of have to be either here or there on climate. I mean, the idea yeah. that you say, well, this is a wonderful goal, but it's not worth doing. Well, if it's not worth doing, it's not a wonderful goal, John Cox. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent point. The um, they also talked about uh, again. We touched on social issues a little bit. Cox is a very hard line on abortion. That um, we report a little bit on. Uh, he believes in uh, no exceptions for abortion, not in, in issues in, in cases of rape or anything. Um, which is, uh, I mean, even just being uh, anti-abortion rights puts them on the outside in California. Vast majority of voters here support abortion rights, but that's even a hardline position, which Newsom hit him on that too. And Cox quickly like, well, let's talk about a f housing affordability. <laughs> Does that, um, did, were you surprised Newsom didn't press more of that or, 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 I don't think he need to. First of all, there was, it was enough of a rapid fire, um, uh, discussion that there really wasn't time to spend too much on any one particular thing. But you know what that illustrates more than anything else, Joe, is is the difficult position that the California Republican Party is in right now. Yeah. That they don't have a candidate that they can put up to a statewide election who can take some of the rough edges off issues like, like abortion, like mm -hmm. gun control, like climate change. Uh, so they're stuck with someone who... Uh, and they put their lot behind uh, John Cox. He got the Trump endorsement. But as a result, I mean, I, ha I have to say, I, you can call me a liar and a bad pundit on November 7th, but those are not issues that get you elected statewide no. in, in California. And you think of uh, Pete Wilson, who was pro-choice, correct? You think of, uh, I mean, Schwarzenegger was, was pre he was yes. pro-choice. Yes, um, and and And, but there's not, room for those type of candidates in the Republican Party today. It's, a, it's, it's shrinking even further and further uh, in terms of the, their share of uh, registered voters. I think they're down to 24% now, the uh, people who don't even want to be uh, in a party or declare their party affiliation is 27%. It's, um, I mean, where does the Republican Party go from here? I mean, they, they've run hardline right candidates. They've run, you know, People like Neil Kashkari, who was, you know, somewhat more to the center. What, what, are, what do they have to do? Well, interestingly, one of the, the hopes of Republicans who advocated the top two primaries that it would bring out candidates like Ashley Swearingen, uh, the yeah. former mayor of Fresno, who mm -hmm. obviously would be a very, much stronger than John Cox in, yeah. in a race like this. 
would still have, she's also very much a realist in those, it would still be a difficult race to win. Right. But the top two primary really hasn't changed it. We're seeing, yeah. we're seeing, you know, the Republicans are just avoiding statewide races. And, and I mean, it would, it would be a miracle if any Republican was elected this November. I, I just don't see where, where the uh, lane is for any Republican. The, the closest we have is a former Republican. Right, Steve Poisner <laughs> for insurance commissioner, whom the Chronicle has endorsed, by yes. the way. Yes. I mean, I really think uh, with the Republican Party weakened as it is, that there there is an opportunity for uh, an independent candidate to come in and, and get elected statewide. But we didn't see it in this race. So what did you, the, something that Cox said uh, several times during the debate, which was, uh, it was a little bit of an eyebrow raiser, but I think there's a, there, there's a core of something there. He said, this election is about change versus the status quo, and I'm the change candidate. I mean, and sort of uh, any other universe that's like, what? But in California, I mean, when, when, every, when Democrats rule the state, is he really the change candidate here? Well, he certainly, if elected, would change a number yeah. of things. Whether he could work with the Democratic legislature yeah. would be another another question. That's that's the unsaid thing here. If you have, if you were to win, which would be earth shattering, you would go in with a, you know, a, a, nearly a two thirds majority of Democrats in the legislature. And so, where would you be able to have any kind of um, uh, power or mandate to do? I mean, what could it would be just stalemate, correct? Oh, exactly. You know, Joe, I think the, the most telling line of this entire debate came near the end when John Cox accused Gavin Newsom, in his words, of trying to paint me as different on so many issues. That's exactly true. And that's yeah. exactly what Gavin Newsom wanted to do. Yeah. He basically, at the end of the, John Cox, at the end of the debate, basically said, Gavin Newsom, you came in here and accomplished what did you want to do? What, what did John Cox? Cox want to do is less clear to me. Yeah. Um, although the Cox did have the, uh, the, the, the walk-off line, which was, uh, they said, uh, I think Schaefer said something like, uh, we should have maybe some more debates or something like that. Or this is, and, uh, Cox said, I've agreed to five of these and I can't get my young friend to agree to it <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, what, 29 days to go at the election. This, this is pretty much it. Is it, is it not? I think so. I I've, I find it hard to imagine that Gavin Newsom at this point would agree to any more debates, even though that would be a statewide televised debate would be very much to Gavin Newsom's yeah. uh, advantage. Not only has he shown that he can be more articulate and more specific than John Cox, dare I say, Gavin Newsom is probably as telegenic as anyone in yes. American politics although, right now. Although I was wondering today, I was thinking, well, maybe since this is a radio debate, we'll have like a Nixon-Kennedy moment. We'll say like, <laughs> wow, Cox won the debate. Like Nixon won the debate on radio. But I'm, that didn't even come through. Did you get a chance to, were you were you looking through the, the plexiglass there to judge no, no, we the No, no, we were sequestered oh, okay. into another room. But uh, one little sort of inside the baseball thing here that happened afterwards. So afterwards, you know, Sometimes candidates come out. Sometimes they don't. Uh, Newsom came out and did like five minutes of questions with a, there was a bunch of reporters there, um, TV reporters uh, and print reporters. And then uh, Cox made a beeline for the green room at KQED, you know, the room where like guests on the shows. And he locked the door and they were in there for like <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. I was like, what the hell's going on? So we all like camped out. So that's the worst thing you can do is not come out and even just answer that 
you know, five minutes worth of goofy questions. And then, you know, it looks bad. So then he leaves and then he, he tries to get out of the building. And so like, you know, 20 reporters are chasing him down with, you know, everybody's got their camera and videoing. And, and of course the TV people love this because it's, because that's the only video they have. Because they've <laughs> been sitting in a room, like a sequestered away from the radio debate. So, <laughs> so, that, so they're all going to show this debate of him walking down the, uh, the the hall, you know, answering questions as he's walking away, and then getting into an elevator and waving as the reporters like go away. So that may be the image of John Cox on our uh, local uh, evening news around California today. As we know, Joe, in politics, oftentimes, optics, optics is everything. Optics is everything, even utter radio debate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, thanks so much. This was totally fun. And, uh, well, we may have one more debate, hopefully. We might have a Senate debate coming up in a couple weeks. We're keeping our fingers crossed. I know there's a couple of uh, offers out there, including one that the Chronicle is involved with, uh, with uh, Fox affiliate in L.A., Carrie. Uh, uh, KTVU is involved here. Oh, wow. It would be at USC. And uh, we're waiting for word from Senator Dianne Feinstein, which oh, wow. uh, it would be interesting to see after uh, she certainly was the center of attention uh, last week in the Kavanaugh hearings. Yes. Uh, whether she would be uh, want to come face the voters on statewide TV. Yeah, she got, she got a lot of free media there, but not all of it good. You know what's going to be interesting? And this obviously would be a topic of a separate podcast. Yeah. Whether that may help Kevin DeLeon with Republican voters, you know, a protest vote against Feinstein, something to watch. Yeah, because he's already getting a lot of Republican voters who obviously don't know about his um, platform because it's (laughs) even to the left of Feinstein. So they're just looking at someone who's not Dianne Feinstein. John, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Joe. Thank you, John Diaz, for joining me today. It's always fun to chat about politics with you. And thank you, Fernando Diaz, today, no relation, the Chronicle's managing editor for digital, for producing today's podcast. And remember, whether you're debating on TV or on radio, it's all political.